Welcome to the Colby Cast, episode 88. Thank you for joining us. Today, as we begin our Lenten journey, Bonnie and I are joined by Jonathan Conrad of the Catholic Woodworker. Jonathan explains the origins and the development of the Catholic Woodworker and how its mission is to equip prayer warriors for battle. He also explains his personal journey as a husband, father, worker, and Catholic business owner. We certainly found his story to be an inspiration to us, and we think you will as well. We hope you'll enjoy the show. Hi there, I'm Bonnie, liturgical musician, popcorn and podcast fanatic, and Colby homeschooling mom to four lads and lasses of middle and high school age. And this is Stephen, homeschooling father of five and director of development for Colby Academy. both encountering God and evangelizing others comes up a lot on the Colby cast, including through everyday pragmatic items such as those we discussed with Chris Lewis of Veritus Catholic Illustration on episode 71, A Sight for Sore Eyes, which we will link in the show notes for this episode. Today our guest is Jonathan Conrad of The Catholic Woodworker, someone who crafts rugged yet beautiful rosaries, home altars, and other devotional items built for battle, as he says, to keep the faith and to know Jesus Christ in a deeper, better way. Through these resources, he and his team strive to equip and support men and families in their pursuit of spiritual health, family protection, and holiness. Jonathan, welcome to the Colby Cast. Bonnie, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's fabulous to have you here. We've been looking forward to this conversation. Stephen and I have been working on this. Looking forward to talking to you. Absolutely. We'd love it if you would tell us about yourself and your background and your family and help us get to know you a bit better. Sure. I'm Jonathan Conrad. I am the uh, founder of The Catholic Woodworker. It is a a hobby uh, turned rosary evangelization ministry and blog to now it's a it's, a, it's an e-commerce storefront and as of middle of last year, it's become a physical brick and mortar storefront here in Westfield, Indiana, as well. Um, so that's a you know that's a journey that's taken place over the last um, I guess six or seven years, and it's really been from the beginning. It's just kind of been a the the fruit of my own personal uh, prayer life, my own relationship with God as as I started to take my faith seriously again, dealing with, um, let's say, work and family crisis of just um, being stressed uh, to the max, working too much. It's like I did it to myself, but in the time, in the, in the moment, it felt like it was happening to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those feelings of, of being overwhelmed with um, twins coming. So there are our second and third uh, boys of the three that we have. Um, and I was like, I needed, I needed God. Um, I didn't know what that looked like. So I went to the rosary, which was, you know, the, the prayer that I knew growing up. And as that happened, my woodworking hobby went from being a hobby where I just made picture frames and home decor stuff to, I had to take a break from it because it was interfering with my family. And so I took a break and I came back. A couple months later, and I changed the account name from Conrad Designs to the Catholic Woodworker. Hmm. And I committed to, if I'm going to be doing this, it's got to be for the glory of God and for the benefit of my vocation as a husband and a father. And so that's been the the, the journey from 
the very beginning of 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 the Catholic woodworker as a as a named entity. Yeah. Um, what we make, what we sell, everything has been something. It has come out of inspiration from my own kind of creative background of I have a need in my own prayer life and instead of buying something I'm going to make it and I'm going to share it with my audience and people like it and they want to buy one for themselves and so you know if you go to our website we've got lots of beautiful products that we make but they really only fall under three or four different categories which is rosaries crucifixes home altars and prayer cards um, we have a few other things here and there, but we really do focus on what I would consider essentials. It's like if I'm not using it in my own daily prayer life, then we probably aren't going to carry it. That doesn't mean it's not a value, but that's just the the nature of our ministry has really been from the beginning what's helped me. And, and if, if I'm continuing to use these things, then I know they have value and therefore that's what we're focused on making. Well, I've, in preparation for this episode, I was scoping out your website and I was watching one of the videos on the, the landing page about, about you preparing for a trip you took. And it went from, you know, this, this thing that you were kind of dreading and had to get through to more of a pilgrimage, it, largely because of the spiritual tools you took with you. And I found that just really compelling. And, and we, Stephen and I have talked before about some things related to the very issues that you mentioned regarding work and family life. And so I, I'm guessing Stephen has a lot to, you got, you and Stephen have a lot to talk about with, with those things. So I just think it's, it's great that we're having this opportunity to, to have this conversation today and, and hear more about how to actually do something when you identify this very common thing we experience in family life as parents and you guys as men and husbands and fathers, what you encounter in trying to live out your vocation. So yeah, I can certainly relate with even when you're do, when your job is, uh, going back to that, even when your job is something very rewarding, and I've been working in Catholic education for the last 16 years, it's still really hard to, to get that balance of work and putting yourself into that and not having that take over the family life. Uh, and, you know, but as you're saying, the prayer and that reorientation that brings you back is just um, seems very important. It's fairly new that I had I, only heard about you this last December. Um, I think I'd been in a meeting with um, Five Stones in, mm-hmm. in uh, Illinois there, and they had mentioned you, and then I got on your website, and it was... And it was had to be before that. It was, it was like October or so, but um, saw the, the Baratus with Chris Lewis's uh, holy cards and all of your beautiful things there. So signed up for emails and started to hear about your story and you reaching out to people. It's been really encouraging to me to see that you know you can take take those skills, the the gifts that you've had to, and then produce these things of beauty. But then also you've added on this level level of evangelization and reaching out to your the people who are are following your your emails and things, which is an extra level, which I'm really impressed with. So um, how did that develop for you where you wanted not just to produce these things, but also to share your story and to share your faith with people through words too? So Stephen, that's a great question. Um, the the Catholic woodworker definitely has a strong uh, evangelization piece to it. 
And I think where it really comes from was before we were a products company, before we were an e-commerce merchant, it was just me, a hobbyist woodworker who was on fire with young, on fire with his faith from the standpoint of I had, it's like I had discovered for the first time, this thing that's been, had been staring at me all my life. Um, and I wanted to share it with people. And when it was just me, it was just a hobby. It was mostly just me sharing my faith journey with a growing audience. And I have, I did that through pictures of the things I was making and that inspired people. And when they felt inspired, they go to the website and purchase something. Um, but things kind of changed and for, for very good, for very good things. But in October of 2019, um, I had been in conversations with Matt Frad, who was uh, interested in what, the work that we were doing and, and felt compelled to share it with his audience just because he wanted to. Um, and that day was October 7th of 2019, the Feast of the Holy Rosary. And we got more orders that day than we had in three months, probably. And I looked to my wife um, just in shock and uh, grateful, but just kind of this like panic of what are we going to (laughs) do? Most of the things at the time we were making to order, you know, you get one order a day, two orders a day. It's no big deal. Sure. We'll make that rosary. We'll ship it out to you Friday. (laughs) It's like we had like 27 rosaries that needed to be made that day. Wow. And she had started working with me um, um, probably, I think, earlier that month. We had been talking about hiring somebody to help me out with the business, and we weren't really sure who that person would be because we didn't have an office. So it was like, do you, who do you, what stranger would you like in our house on a regular basis? <laughs> <laughs> and so she decided, you know, what, what about, what about me? What, you know, what if I, what if I took this job uh, fulfilling orders? And I wish I could say my first response was, absolutely, it's a great idea, let's do it. But I was like, are you sure you want to work for me? Um, and she persisted. I'm grateful for that. And, you know, for for six months, every order that went out um, was, was, she's the one that was shipping it. No, it wasn't for six, it was a year and a, year and a half, all of 2020 and, and halfway through 2021. And so from that point, things just started to explode and you know, we got through the Christmas season and it was beautiful, um, but it was a ton of work. And it was like, I can't keep making all these rosaries. I was making five to 10 rosaries a day. Wow. And because of this, right, a lot of the evangelization work, there just wasn't a lot of time for it. Most of, almost all of my time was going to just fulfilling orders. And it was a wonderful thing, but it wasn't really sustainable. So we had talked about maybe slowing things down, just taking a small number of orders a month and just kind of ruled those out. Like if if we're not doing anything really on purpose to make this thing grow and yet it continues to grow, maybe we should just get out of the way and, and make whatever changes are necessary in order to allow it to grow the way it's supposed to grow. So we reached, my wife suggested we ask for help and so I reluctantly did that. And we had um, some incredible rosary makers who said, hey, no idea how to make a rosary, but I'd love to learn. We had a big rosary making party at our house, taught everybody how to make rosaries. This was like a week or not a week, a month before COVID hit. Yeah. And thankfully, we had done that because had we not, we wouldn't have had time to get the help. And so we ran this like 
underground railroad kind of put parts in the mailbox and <laughs> nobody sees anybody, but right. there's a car in front of the house every day, <laughs> either picking up rosary parts or dropping off finished rosaries. And it was beautiful, um, but it was challenging because a lot of that time was spent just trying to figure out how do I make this business work? Because I work full time in software sales. So it wasn't something that like, it wasn't just this, oh, well, this is our family business and therefore we're going to figure this out. This was a, a hobby that kind of happened to turn into a ministry, happened to turn into a business. And so fast forward to the beginning of 2021, we, we hired our first full-time employee, Eric, and it's been an absolute gift from God. He's been incredible. And so all of 2021 was really spent onboarding these two full-time employees, getting them to learn the business and trying to build a sustainable, long-term sustainable business model. And all of that really took most of my time that I had for this. And, and the ministry piece of it kind of had to take a back seat. Um, I don't think I realized it though, until towards the end of the year when, um, I started meeting with uh, Henry from the Catholic CEO, just trying to, like, we're doing great, but there's a lot of, a lot of either mistakes or just, just challenges. And it's like, I don't think I really know how to run a business. Can you help me, please? And so we, we looked over the books and talked through a lot of things. And one of the surprising pieces of critical feedback that I got from them was that from the outside looking in, the ministry aspect of what we're doing and why we're doing it wasn't clear. And my first reaction is like, what are you talking about? It's on the front page of the website. It's on this page and it's on that page. And it's like, I know what it is. Why don't you know what it is? Yeah. And so we, I had to take it to heart and really um, first decide whether I wanted to believe him or not. And then second, like decide, well, what do I do about that? Because that wasn't necessarily the intention, but Stephen, to the kind of the point you made earlier, it doesn't matter what work you're doing, just because it's Catholic work from the standpoint of a Catholic organization doesn't mean that it's inherently either dignified or not, because it's not the work. Yeah. This was in a magazine from um, Sword and Spade about the dignity of work. And it wasn't that the work was dignified, but the person, the baptized Christian is the source of the dignity of that work, which means that our work can be dignified regardless of what the work is, so long as that it's not inherently evil, obviously. <laughs> but that means that just because I'm running the Catholic woodworker doesn't mean that I'm doing the Lord's work. And so I spent most of the months of November and December really trying to make sense of what, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? What is our mission? Um, is it to just sell products or is it to equip families for battle? And what does that look like from a, from a, from a business ministry standpoint? How do we actually do that? And so I, I spent those six weeks kind of planning and praying and thinking about what this is supposed to look like, making some changes. I took two weeks off with the family. And by the time I had come back, it was pretty clear. Um, I had literally didn't think about it at all over break. I just spent time with the family. And I think that time of detaching myself from the work, from the getting out of the weeds, really, and resting 
with the family, I was able to come back and it was like, it was crystal clear. The, the, yes, the mission is to equip individuals and families for battle. We equipped this many last year. We want to equip this many this year. And also, there are people who need to be equipped that either can't um, or aren't in a position to be able to pay for it themselves. So there's an aspect of, of mission support where we're supporting um, individuals and families and events um, on, you know, that we're covering the cost of them. And this took me like maybe a couple of days to put together because it was very, very simple and very, very uh, clear. It's like, this is what our mission is. And fortunately, you know, God put these two wonderful people in our lives, Eric and Madeline, who run, really run the business. They're the ones that make all the products. They're the ones that ship all the orders. They're the ones that answer all the customer emails. And that's given me the opportunity to just focus to go back and just focus on the ministry aspect of sharing my faith journey um, and not really just like that, hey, I'm really good at this stuff and let me tell you how to be a good Catholic, but like, here's where I struggle. You know, here's what I hear God saying to me. Here's what I'm confused about. And that seems to be that, that honest vulnerability about, hey, listen, like I run this Catholic business and yet I struggle with anxiety or I'm not always sure what God's asking me to do in my life, um, and I have to sort through that mess. And them hearing that, hey, I'm this normal person too who struggles in ways that they probably struggle as well has been a great blessing. And so that's what we've been doing from, from day one of this year is just me sharing my life through email and social media. Um, and letting people know that we're there for them, that we're praying for them, inviting them to reply to my emails because I want to hear from them. Does this resonate to, with you or is it totally off the wall and it doesn't make any sense or it's not relevant? I want all that feedback because the point of all of this is to help, you know, sharing my story and my journey hopefully is, is blessing those people that are following along. And it seems like it is. And so it's been really awesome to be able to get back to that that's a really long answer to that question, but it, it's kind of been the evolution of, of the Catholic woodworker from a just a little hobby ministry that's run out of my garage to a growing business that's supporting families. I just saw today supplying lots of kids or boys learning how to pray the rosary and able to supply them with, with the, the tools they needed for that. Yeah, I mean, that was literally a week after... I like publicly announced the the mission for the year. I didn't even necessarily know exactly what that was going to look like. They said we were going to equip 500 people for battle um, at no cost to them. And I was like, you know, we'll figure that over the next couple of months. We'll figure out what that looks like, and we'll come up with a plan of making those, you know, those kits. And you know, probably by the middle of, middle of the year, we'll we'll have that figured out. Like literally a week later, I get an email: Hey, we've got this men's uh, young men's weekend coming up like two days from now, wow. can you help us? And my first, wow. my first reaction, I even replied and said, like, I can't. Yeah. And then five minutes later, I was like, but wait, I said, I already said it, not to myself, to everyone that follows us. This is our mission for the year. Of course I have like, and it's like, 
my operation, my director of operations came to me. He had come to me, a, you know, a couple of days prior and like, hey, I found 126 extra rosaries that we weren't accounted for. And so it's like, oh, but we've got, we've got, we've got extra rosaries. So we sent them some rosaries and, and some prayer cards. And I recorded a short video for them. Just again, just kind of ex sharing my experience in, you know, struggling with um, purity. And um, it's just the response that we got was incredible. And it was clearly a tremendous blessing for these young men. And it was easy for us to do. Um, and it's like God's the one that put that mission in my heart. And now it's clear that there is a need for those types of things. We are in a position to be able to support them in a very concrete way um, while being 100% focused on the work of helping people grow in their prayer life and not selling products, which is a byproduct of the mission, not the mission itself. And that keeps coming through in the providence that you, I mean, it's like, Oh, you, your wife just started helping you, and then all of a sudden this this happens, or you just train the fifteen people, whatever, to make rosaries, and then COVID happens, and then right? oh, here's a bunch of rosaries that we just yeah. <laughs> that's that's wonderful, beautiful. That doesn't happen very often. Let's be honest. Right. <laughs> yes. Usually, it's like I thought we had more. Where did they all? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, your approach is so relatable, though. It, it the way that you're able to tell your story and how you have taking recourse in, in the rosary and the prayer life that you have cultivated, that that has been the response that you've chosen to the battle that you have found yourself in. Thinking about the parents in their workaday life, that's very much a battle in so many ways. So to call it what it is that way and approach it the way you have, I think is refreshing to a lot of people and attractive and certainly seems to be resonating with a lot of people. It does. And I, I remember, you know, a vague conversation early on where, you know, a, a, a father kind of shared with me this like relief of me calling it a battle mm -hmm. because it was maybe the first time he had heard that kind of language. And the only way that he could describe what he was experiencing in his own life was a, a literal battle. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was helpful for him for somebody to admit that, yes, there is a battle. Yeah. Um, and St. Paul talks about it in Ephesians 6. And I'm not a Bible scholar, so it's like I know the bits and pieces of put on the full armor of God so that you can stand firm against the tactics of the devil and that the enemy is not with flesh, um, in other, or it's not with man, basically, which means I always have to remind people spiritual warfare does not mean fighting with people. It means fighting for them, like fighting for their souls, for their conversions. And the cost is your own life. Um, it's not fighting against them. So it's not a spiritual warfare. It does not look like arguing about politics. It may be it can, but only if it means for the good and the conversion of sinners and souls. Um, more often than not, what it looks like is what are you willing to do? What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to offer? for that person's soul. That's the battle. So it's against the devil um, and your own pride and your own temptations and your own sins, um, because those are the things that get in the way of God's will happening, either in your own life or in the lives of the people around you. And so, yes, that um, the catechism talks about 
prayer, literally word for word, prayer is a battle, which means that if you aren't praying daily, then you're not even in the fight. You've already lost it, um, which is why I, I talk about prayer a lot, because that is the, like, the bare minimum, like it is a an absolute requirement to have a relationship with God is is daily prayer, and it looks different for all of us. I'm not an expert in prayer. I struggle with ADHD or ADD or whatever um, the the proper diagnosis is these days. But it's like there are many days where I will spend an hour in adoration, and I will have read a book and I will have not remembered anything or taken away anything out of that time. And I've been doing it long enough where I just, it's a routine. So whether I do or not is irrelevant. I go because I know I'm supposed to be there. But there are days where I don't feel like I'm getting anything out of it. But I, I guess I've been trained um, through the saints and through Barry and scripture. And I've been doing it long enough, daily prayer, that it's just, it is a part of my life. And it's the first thing I do so that I don't forget and no matter what, no matter how fruitful it is, or however seemingly fruitful or fruitless it is, I do it anyways because I know that grace comes from it, and I need that grace in order to even try to be the kind of the, the kind of man that God's asking me to be. Yeah, yeah. No, it, I mean, thinking about battle and such does bring me back to some of our conversation with Chris Lewis, um, who I know you you carry his. Holy cards. Yeah, that's that's the first thing I purchased from your your store was piles of Chris Lewis's uh, holy cards. But we talked with him just about his style of art too, and how it's it's got this masculine sort of character to a lot of his pieces of work. Mm -hmm. it, but beautiful, beautiful, and and so it, that kind of links what you've said with him in my mind. So I'm curious to see how how you came to forge kind of a. A partnership or an alliance with uh, with Baratus with Chris Lewis. I'm I'm beyond grateful for his partnership because I knew. So Bonnie, you had uh, kind of mentioned that business trip. So I'll I'll go back real quick. So the home altars that we make, I was challenged by the guys from Exodus ninety, James Baxter Baxter, to create some kind of kind of creative and original idea, product idea. And this was right around the time where I was preparing for a week-long work trip that I wasn't really looking forward to, not because the trip was going to be a bad trip. Like, I love the people I work with. I love the work that I do full-time. But I did not like traveling because all of the hard work that I had I would do at home would, would be at serious risk of falling apart when I would travel, where everything would just kind of fall apart and I would go back to old habits across the board. And it's like, I didn't know how to bring God with me. And so this, from this challenge that I got from the, the Exodus 90 guys, what came of it was I spent a couple of weeks building this, like basically arsenal of weapons in, in a wooden box. It had holy water, it had holy art, it had a crucifix, it had my rosary. And I felt so confident Getting on that plane, I, 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 got, I got the, I had the holy water in my jacket pocket. I blessed the plane. I blessed the hotel room when I walked into the hotel. I set up this, this at the time I didn't even know what to call it, but I know, I mean, we call what we call it now is a home altar. I set up this altar in my hotel room. I knelt down and I prayed, and 
I don't even remember being tempted during that time. Like it, it had, it did, it became a pilgrimage. I visited the Catholic churches in San Francisco. It was a remarkable period. And so I wanted to share this thing at the time. I, again, I didn't know what to call it. I wanted to share it with other people. Um, but the thing that was, I was struggling with was I didn't have artwork. I'm not an artist from the standpoint of what Chris does. Like I'm an artist in what I do with wood. And I'm grateful for those gifts, um, but we all have different gifts. And artwork, paintings, and or digital artwork just is not a, uh, a gift that I have. And so I tried to create my own, but it just wasn't, I knew that it was lacking something. And so I attempted to try and connect with other artists, and I didn't have success, and it was frustrating. But at some point, I came across Chris's work. And I mean, at just the second I saw it, I was like, this is it. Yeah. I can't like, it is the coolest art I've ever seen. And like, it is cool. And at the same time, it's so traditional. And so there's this very unique style of, of illustration that he uses. And it's just beautiful. It's reverent. It's, it's classic. And I knew that that was it. And so I reached out to him, not really knowing him, but I think we both had our own reputations and uh, praise God for that, that there was, I think, being both husbands and fathers and, you know, using our respective gifts to build God's kingdom. It, it was a, it was a natural fit. Um, he's been gracious enough to work with us and it's been a tremendous blessing because, I mean... Our, by units sold, our number one selling product is our prayer cards from Chris. Obviously, they're, you know, they're $3, right? So they're not as expensive as a rosary is. But as far as units sold, that is our number one seller. And it's just fantastic to be able to kind of, it's like choose your own adventure. Who do you want to walk with you today? Do you want St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, or this this epic masculine Holy Spirit that doesn't look like a lame dove, but looks like a roaring eagle? Or do you want St. Michael stepping on Satan's head? Or do you want Mary? Like, choose your saint who's going to walk with you today and put that on your home altar, on your desk, wherever you keep it. Um, and you have the saints with you all day. And it's just a wonderful thing to be able to um, collaborate. Instead of compete, we're collaborating and we're working together because we have the same mission. Nate. Yeah, I love hearing about the origins of the home altar. Um, as we were talking a little bit before off out of recording, but um, here around my desk, since I work out of the home, I can set up everything. So I've got my crucifix and I've got all my Baratus holy cards up here where I can just look up during the day and have those. Um, but I'm not always able to do that in every aspect of the house or whatever. So, and people aren't always able to do that at their workplaces. So I was happy to, that I for Christmas when I had seen your home altars my good friend here in Arkansas certainly was the thing I wanted him to have so that he would be able to have this when he's, he's, he's looking over cat scans and, and different, he's a radiologist, yeah. but, uh, and then my, my family got me one for, for Christmas as well. So it's right there by my bed now. So I have, you know, like you say, the Holy cards and the, that's awesome. My father has been sick for a long time and just recently was told he has a couple of weeks to live and he's not Catholic. He's a, a solid Lutheran, but I thought this is what he needs. Um, he needs 
this so in these last weeks he can look over and see our Lord suffering on the cross because, mm-hmm. you know, most of their crosses are just without the, the corpus there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, to see the suffering there and be able to kind of put those together is something that I think will be helpful for him. Very relatable. Yeah. So thank you. Absolutely. It's an honor. And we, I think a lot of, a lot of the home altars that are gifted are used in that way, whether it is, a kid in college in a dorm room, you know, a young adult who's moving into their own place, um, somebody in the hospital, you know, these are things that are places where we need God. And I think those are the places where they often find themselves. If it's not somebody that, you know, purchased it for themselves, usually those are the places where they, they go um, because it's easy to bring with you. And you do, there's a reason. It's not because God needs us to have crucifixes and big churches and beautiful rosaries. It's because we need them because we're physical beings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it is objectively helpful for us to have physical, beautiful sacramentals that can remind us of what we're doing, why we're doing it, um, and who God is. It's beautiful. Absolutely. You seem to have landed on the ideal thing that is being used in this sacramental way. When I when I heard the, the term home altar as we were preparing for this, I thought back to a book I had read called The Little Oratory, this idea of, of uh, prayer corners or altars set up in homes that have a variety, you know, similar things, but but yours is so portable. That is really something that fills such a need. Thank you. Yeah, we've definitely seen um, an increase in um, liturgical living. Mm-hmm where I think the home altar is really the heart of it, um, where whether you're buying one from us or not, I mean, it's not like we have a copyright <laughs> on home altars or if we've come up with something that's original. The idea of worshiping God in your home is not original um, to the Catholic woodworker. It's been around since before there, you know, before Christ and throughout the Old Testament. Uh, and so it's been really wonderful to see all of these businesses, ministries, um, really share and evangelize this idea of living, um, living out the liturgical life of the church at home in the domestic church, um, and then in the many creative ways that that what that that plays out. Kendra Tierney has you know her Catholic all year prayer compendium and has spent the her entire family life uh, with her ten children building this this playbook on liturgical living and it's really beautiful to to see how many people you know whether it's maybe the people I'm following has changed but I don't think it has and over the last six years it's just beautiful to see how many people are living out their faith in the daily life of the church and the liturgical calendar at home it's a really beautiful thing to see mm-hmm. we've had a few conversations on liturgical living in previous episodes, um, such as with the, the Holy Heroes parents, and talked a little bit about how it can seem so daunting to to try to incorporate the liturgical year and this concept of liturgical living into our families, and it's really not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's one of the great blessings that has come from what you're describing is that we can see how approachable it is, ways we can start small and, and build from there, and before you know it, here we are. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it can it can feel overwhelming because it does to me sometimes, and it's no more so than it is to 
you know, somebody going through RCIA being overwhelmed by like just the depth of our Catholic faith and heritage. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's really helpful to remind people to just start where like take one step. Don't look at it from the standpoint of I can't believe there are, you know, 365 not, but let's say however many feast days are like, how am I ever going to do all this? You don't have to just pick one. Mm -hmm. Um, and this, it's a new, it's a new concept for us too. I mean, I've had this prayer life myself, but one of the things that I'm going through in my own personal life is figuring out what does that look like to, for it not just to be my prayer life, but for it to be our prayer life as a family. What does it look like to have a family prayer life? Mm-hmm. That's way different than my personal prayer life. I think I early on I tried to just get them to have my prayer life, and it didn't go well because the the, the relationship that an eight year old's going to have or a six year old's going to have with God is not necessarily going to look the same way that my relationship with God's going to look. Um, so I've been on that journey myself, trying to figure out what does it look like to teach the children, not the logistics, but the relationship aspect of the faith, and how do we bring that into the home? And so I'm learning right along with probably thousands of other Catholics around around the country who are being introduced to this concept, and it's it can be overwhelming, um, but if you take it one step at a time, it can be really exciting to see the progress that you can make in a year by just doing one little thing each month, maybe. Yeah. Before you know it. Yeah. That is, that is very true. How very different it is our own personal prayer life versus family life. And, and even if we are with our kids, so many of us are with our kids day in, day out here in the Colby community, that doesn't necessarily mean automatic prayer life. It's something we have to work at. Right along with everything else. Are there other aspects of your work that you'd like to talk about? I feel like we've covered the the heart of, of, of really what we do. Um, this has been wonderful. So encouraged. Um, and, you know, we talked a little bit about, again, Chris Lewis with, with this, but that, you know, this starts with something that you want to share with people and all of a sudden you've got employees that are able to do this and be supported, you know, support their families or whatever. I think it's encouraging to a lot of people who would like to do something that they feel moved to, but think, well, how could I ever make a living doing this? You know, how could I, you know, like Chris Lewis had told us that, you know, just within the last couple of years, able to Know, stop his full-time job and pour himself into this mm-hmm. and so that's just so encouraging to me and for you know our kids or whoever now in this internet age i think that helps in some ways as many challenges mm-hmm. it is it as it causes as well but very very encouraged by that it, it is encouraging for myself you know I, it's like yes i i have this this full-time job um, and there will maybe be a time in the future where I'll be able to do the Catholic Woodworker full-time. At this time, it doesn't seem to be getting in the way of either things as far as the ministry growing or, or because we have awesome people. Um, but I think it extends beyond just the creative space because really what all of the things that we're doing as a business and a ministry can apply to any work, really. Mm-hmm. Um, 
whether you're making furniture or you're a bakery or you're you know providing cleaning services for families like all of these things can be just as beautiful as the work that we're doing if it's done the way Catholics should work and those those are the types of conversations that that Henry's been having like the, the mission of the Catholic CEO is to help people help Catholics specifically start their own businesses that's great um, what does it look like to live out your faith in work whether you are an employee of somebody else or you want to run your own business and so I think that's for me been the most rewarding part has been and challenging part has been learning like what does what's the difference between secular business and catholic business and because it's not the name catholic at the beginning of the company title that's not that's not it mm -hmm. yeah we could be the catholic woodworker and be a completely secular business mm -hmm. and so it's in trying to understand what does it look like to live out your faith at work because we're all called to that and we're all capable of it regardless of the work that we do and i think that's where it becomes potentially really exciting to think that hey work could look different and it and it should look different because if it's rightly ordered and it's and it has that dignity uh things can look really different for us and i think that's what i hope that people can draw inspiration from my own story whether they're creative or not um whether they're called to create their own business or not but that there is an opportunity to live out our faith through the work that we do what a difference, I mean, what a difference that can make just in in the work itself and the joy that you can have. I, I remember, although not Catholic, my parents had some very good men, uh, evangelicals, I think probably, working, doing construction on their house. And, you know, my experience had been you get a construction sort of crew and there's a lot of cursing and things, but they would sing hymns as they were, you know, doing their work on the house. And, and I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was like, wait a second. Why aren't Catholics doing this? <laughs> because we, we should we should know about right. this. It, yeah. But may, you know, again, if you're an employee and can pour your joy into the work that you're doing, that's wonderful. If you're an employer treating your employees like children of God and providing for them in that way, another wonderful example. So, yeah, hopefully, you know, examples like this will cause that to spread further, I think. But. I hope so. I think it's wonderful that the work that you do, so your your full-time job, as you describe it, it's nourished by this ministry. And same same goes for the people who who have their home altars from the Catholic Woodworker or have taken inspiration from your approach and your story that that, that is nourishing them as they are wherever they are working. And it seems all too easy for me to say, oh, even if you don't like your job or if it's not a great job, you still have the opportunity to evangelize. But it seems very easy for me to say that without, <laughs> but in it, since my situation is not what your situation is or anyone else's. So it's, it feels a little bit um, hollow for me to say that, but you, you're demonstrating that through your words and your action. I, I think that's neat. Thank you. I think that's a, this is providential timing of this episode is springtime episode. We've got Lent and the Easter season. And so the timing of this episode is going to fit in nicely with the high point of our church year. And absolutely. It's been a, a wonderful hearing your story. Are there any final thoughts, any, anything that's come up while we've been talking? 
Any resources or recommendations you have for our listeners? We certainly will include your company website in our show notes, but are there others that you'd like to throw out there? Um, I would just encourage people to make a commitment to have a daily prayer life and to start one, you know, one step at a time. So if they don't have a prayer life at all, it's committing to one thing at a consistent time every day. If they have a prayer life, it's don't get complacent in it because if we aren't moving forward, then we're, then it's because prayer is a battle. If we aren't fighting, which means if we're not advancing, then we're retreating. Um, and the metric that we ought to use for are we making progress is, is love and, and is, is this, is whatever I'm doing in my spiritual life, is it helping me love the people around me better? So that's what our mission is to help you with. Um, you can find us at catholicwoodworker.com or on Instagram or Facebook. And we hope you stop by. Um, you know, let us know in the, if you, if you find something that's inspiring, let us know in the order notes that you've heard about us through this podcast. Um, but if you just want to follow along in my own, my own journey, that's what our email list is for. Um, you can hear from us weekly, monthly, or quarterly, because we don't like cluttering people's inboxes. And uh, I really, really appreciate this time. It's been a wonderful time uh, connecting with both of you. Thank you. Thank you, John. It's been great to have you here. Yeah. And I, everybody should go and check out your website. There's, there are beautiful things there. And I've, I've got my pile of Chris Lewis uh, holy cards here from your uh, from your site that I like to carry around with me now. But uh, yeah, whatever it is that awesome. catches your eye there. And your articles, when I go to read one, I'm like, oh, I want to come back and read that one. And then I have to go do this, but I want to come back and read that one. And so, yeah. So. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear it. Yes. Thank you very much. And congratulations. It's been great meeting you. Thank you so much for, for your time today and for all that you're doing. And know that you're in our prayers as you continue. Thank you. If you haven't already, Subscribe to the Colby Cast in your favorite podcast app to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd love to hear from you. So feel free to email us at podcast at colby.org. Mary, our mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Colby, pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam.